you went to Mexico. I did. I went to Mexico for a week. Um, in fact, the I think the day the day the last episode came out, or not the last episode, but the the, the spooky Halloween episode. Um, the day that came out, uh, I was leaving on Thursday, the, that day before, and I just got back. It's the 28th, so I got back yesterday at uh, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is when I came back and got ready for bed and then woke up at 7.30 or 7 o'clock, actually. It's been a very tiring uh, day for me, last couple of days. So at least my sleep number tells me that I only slept for two hours and 47 minutes. Bro, uh, my... That doesn't tell me how long I slept. <laughs> it only tells surprise. you how you slept by how you woke up, right? Mm, yeah, we'll go with that. You're just like, oh, this is painful. The bed's like, well, you <laughs> slept like crap. <laughs> uh, no, but more importantly, down in Mexico, there was a really big event that happened. Yeah, uh, I got engaged. Woo. I was going to say hurricane. That too. We. Um, I was slow on the joke, so it didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's just too late, and I feel like a jerk because I wanted to have a better reaction when you said that. Can you? So can you say it again, and then I'll... All right, all right, ready? Give a little bit more. Yep. All right, uh, I got engaged. Are we not? <laughs> well, okay, to be fair, um, like six hours after I got engaged, we got hit by a Category 3 hurricane. Mm-hmm. And then they shut the whole resort down, and we couldn't really do anything, so that was a really boring day after that event. But uh, it was really cool. We did, uh, we, they actually shut the pools and everything down at like 2 o'clock, and then uh, they blocked off, like they put tape on the entrances or the exits from the resort to the beach. So you couldn't actually get onto the beach from the resort. Well, you couldn't if it was a video game, but you can in real life. So <laughs> I think they were just trying to say, like, you know, we don't want to be responsible for um, anything that happens if, if you leave a resort and go onto the beach. Mm-hmm. But so we snuck past the tape. My sister in law, my brother's wife, took pictures of us and my brother recorded and uh then there was one of those um those cringy instagram beach photos where like she's like got her hand behind her and then i've got you know i'm like holding her hand in front of her and she's looking off in the distance and then that's when i got down on one knee and showed her that rock Mm -hmm. she was flabbergasted she had no idea it was coming which is a big win for me i watched the video and it was funny because i was like how long like it, it almost felt like she was pretending to not notice because of how long she was genuinely not <laughs> realizing what was happening it was funny yeah no i was wor- so there's a couple photos there's actually a lot of photos that my sister-in-law took and there are some photos of me like making a cringe face like oh god because i was struggling to get the rain box open while on one knee and i was like please don't turn around like while i'm on a knee and like struggling with this thing <laughs> and then and then no uh, i actually got it open and uh um, I was i sat there for a good like five seconds before she even turned around mm. but um I was worried about getting it to Mexico because uh, I did. Well, one, I wasn't going to check the bag because uh, bag horror stories. Uh-huh. Um, and then two, I was going to give it to my sister because she was coming to Mexico with us. And she's like, no, no, thank you. I don't want that. I don't, <laughs> I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. <laughs> she just said no. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay. So I put it in my carry-on. Which is really, which is really my personal item. It's just a backpack, and I put it in kind of a, a more hidden pocket. And it was it was nice though because I was afraid that my bag was going to get opened in TSA. Like mm-hmm. kind of almost irrationally, no one's bag gets opened in, in TSA when you go through the the um, security. Do you have pre-check or no? No, Lauren does oh. though. I have global or not global entry. I have um, Delta Clear. 
Oh, so okay. I just go to the front of the line, basically. But I still have to take my shoes off and do all the peasant stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, so she has pre-check. If I have Delta Clear and pre-check, then I just fly through security. So that's one thing we're going to try to do. I'm going to get global entry instead. Um, and uh, But it was fortunate, though, because when we flew from... Um, so we bought all one-way tickets to save money. <laughs> and uh, it saved us like $1,000 on tickets to just get all one-ways. But the caveat to that is you have to claim your bags when you land and then go back through security every time you land through like a connection um airport so from minneapolis to atlanta uh going to minneapolis we were in two different lines um because delta clear and pre-check are two different lines so no worries there and then from atlanta to uh mexico city we had to go um back through this is the last leg for me i'm like okay cool we go from mexico city and we go or we go from atlanta to puerto vallarta and mexico city is just a connection so i don't have to go to security again that well that's the presumption um so uh we get through uh, atlanta totally different lines like not even like the same area i was like well this is easy uh neither of those times did they check my bag and then we get to mexico city and we're like, we land, we go through customs, and we're like, okay, now what? Like, how, where are our bags? Like, where's the connecting flight? So we, this agent just stopped us. We're like, hi, what color are your bags? And we're like, pink, and then also black. And um, so they lead us over to um, one area where a security guard has one of our pink bags, and it's zip-tied. And they're like, okay, you got to take it over because we have to search it. And I'm like, uh, okay. Well, good thing I didn't check the ring because I don't know what bag it would have been in or, or if it would have been checked like that. So... They check the bag, and then. But I realized this. I realized I was like, if they have our bag, that means we have to go back through baggage claim, which is outside of security. Which means we have to go back through security. Which means we're in security together, and there is no pre-check, and there is no Delta clear. Which means we're in the same line together. So while she was waiting to get her bag check, I went to the bathroom and um, learned a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh seriously like, like, hey amigo help me uh, out a little yeah so um it was uh i was like I, I went to the bathroom i typed it into the google translator translator and i was like okay i have just i just have to remember this phrase and then we sh- i should be good because she doesn't speak spanish so like i could say anything i want and she's not gonna know but you know then the question comes into play of like well why did he just speak spanish to a security guard this is weird I was just hoping that her back was going to be to me and like not realize that I was the one saying it. Um, so we get through, we go back through security. I got my bag and they are opening bags left and freaking right. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't good. So she's like getting all of her stuff out of her pockets and like getting ready to go to the metal detector. And I've already got my stuff out of my pockets. And so like, I just keep pretending to look through my pockets of like, I don't want to go ahead of you. Like I want to go behind you and make sure the security guard knows. Yeah. And, um, so she starts to walk forward, and then I put my bag on the conveyor belt, and I slide it forward, and I tap the security guard on the shoulder, and I literally said, uh, "No habla español, pero I are a un anillo de compromiso dentro," which translates to, "I don't speak Spanish, but there's an engagement ring inside." Oh, <laughs> and, but and she and she um, uh, was already like five steps ahead of me, so she had no idea I said this to the security guard. And then the security guard literally looks at me and goes, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, then <they're> like, <laughs> and then he like points to the person behind the screening thing and was like, you know, and just repeated what I said. And then so they didn't open my bag. They just let it run through. And um, 
I was like, holy crap, I made it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then I just um, gave it to my brother because I didn't want to just be her be around it all the time. Because we, we had like two days there before I was going to do it. Mm. And was he like holding on his body like a like a bodyguard yeah well he had he actually had a fanny pack that like he had um Mm. uh, across his shoulder uh but then the plan was like i was gonna have my phone in my wallet in my pocket to um uh during pictures because we're just i was just wearing like black uh almost gym short kind of material so she's gonna see this ring box in there so i was we started taking pictures with the um, ring or not with the ring with the phone in the wallet in my pocket and then the plan was was I was going to go up to my brother and say, hey, can you hold my phone and my wallet? I just realized these are in my pockets. And as I handed those to him, he was going to hand me the ring box and I was going to slide that in my pocket. Um, and while I did that, my sister-in-law um, showed Lauren the pictures that she had just taken of us. So Lauren was one, distracted and two, obstructed by me standing between her and my brother. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I got the ring in my hand. Uh at pictures so oh that was a lot more eventful than i thought (laughs) you know i told i I said i figured you just have to put it up your butt that's (laughs) right dude i don't have a colon big enough for that ring (laughs) that's funny Uh, that's a lot more than i thought that's yeah that's like ocean's 11 level sneaking (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's Uh, good but yeah so cool um all right what's on the agenda today uh we're going to talk about burnout which mm. feels appropriate because um i out. am <laughs> i i was sick i still am i probably still sound a little bit sick um and i'm not sure exactly where i got it from but oh, i don't think i told you though Are you that, licking uh, doorknobs again <laughs> that was it that's what did it damn it man gotta stop the habit <laughs> so, um diego from on top he'd come to iowa city so uh we we work with on top they're they're a startup they handle the logistics of uh, paying and managing the contracts of your team when they're not in the country that your business is based in. So to make sure that you things you do things properly and legally. But he was here. It's so, so we you out. can it's so you can employ people outside of the United States or whatever country you're in without like technically employing them. Yep. 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 Yeah. So he was here, went out, it was good. Um and then like the next day I woke up and I was dead and I those damn Colombians. Was <laughs> they don't have a party <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, i'm still a little bit uh i don't know if raspy is the word but so that seems appropriate to go along with burnout and i wanted to google it first to make sure that we have the right mindset when we start talking about it so i punched into google to find burnout and it says burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed and I don't like that definition. I don't like that because it says, well, <laughs> I guess colloquially, it's like burnout is associated with working, like work. And for me, I don't like the definition because you, I feel like I get burnt out on life in general and not just work. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I usually use work as an outlet from being burnt out. I don't like it because the whole not successfully managed sounds like the entire thing is within your realm of control. And a mm. lot of the times when I've been burnt out, that has not been the case. It has not been the, the things that ultimately lead to burnout are things outside of my control. So, for example, I think right now, I guess not literally right now, but um, like this semester for me with school uh, is what well, sucks. I think I've said that before, but um, 
I'll be very honest with people later on. If they ask me, how did you do that? How did you continue to run a business while going to college to learn Japanese and blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell them very honestly, prescription drugs, 100%. <laughs> and hey, it would not. In Mexico, it's just over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> um, or behind the counter, depending on where you go. Really? Is there? Well, uh, behind the counter, that behind the counter is more of like a, like a at night joke. Uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are just drugs. They aren't like. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know how much of this is a joke versus actually like a genuine difference between countries. And I don't know about like things like Adderall and stuff, but like you can get like Lexapro and um, even you know obviously the the um, household Viagra. Um, <laughs> and what what else was on there that you could get over the counter? I can't remember, but uh, like super oh um, like Xanax. Mm-hmm. You can get over the counter in Mexico, That's even wild. up even up into the Mexican airports. I learned that uh, bupropen, Wellbutrin, mm-hmm. isn't a thing in Japan. Wellbutrin isn't. Mm-mm. They don't do it. Wait, isn't that just like? Oh, that's I'm thinking of albuterol. But what? Mm-hmm. Oh, like oh yeah, because in Japan you just seppuku we'll deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> you just you just shove it deep down. We don't have any Wellbutrin, but we have a samurai sword. We have. We have deep feelings of self-hate that motivate us. Um, I relate. Like, but yeah, so um, I don't like that. I don't like that at all because mm, yeah, I don't either. my nearly every time that I've been burnt out has been because things and okay, you could say, yeah, they were within my ability, within my control to, to change them because I was the one putting the pressure on myself to do those things. That is true. Uh, so to, to say that is fair because I want to do more than most people. And I take on more because I want to accomplish more sooner, faster. Like that's, I just want to, there's a lot I want to do, but I want to do a lot of it before I die. So I'm trying to knock out a lot as quickly as I can. I mean, and that leads to burnout, I guess. I always do the, that I want to accomplish more before I die because the sooner you accomplish things the more you can accomplish and so i was just telling you last night that that's one thing that's one reason why lauren and i are enrolling in school is to to learn spanish like completely uh and this isn't just like a high coming off of our trip to mexico (laughs) this is our second time to mexico and then we're planning on going to spain in july and then we're going to colombia in january and it just seems like we talked about this before so it it, it just seems like everywhere we go it's just like spanish speaking so mm-hmm. it just makes sense also in our industry the landscaping and lawn care industry it's just a very heavily spanish speaking industry so it makes sense to do that we already have lisa on our team who speaks fluent spanish because she's from colombia um and uh it, we can we, we could really easily have just like a spanish wing of mm-hmm. evergrow but also it's just a second easy language to learn and i uh, I didn't want to do like the Rosetta Stone or Duolingo thing because my brother, my brother spoke, he didn't, he doesn't speak any Spanish, but he was like making his way pretty well in Mexico because he's been doing Duolingo. Um, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, like for like a year and a half. I'm like, oh no, no, like for like a year and a half. Like <laughs> I, I want to be much further along than that. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, well, a lot of it is just, you know, me making sure I just hit my streak. And I'm like, well, that's exactly the trap that I'm going to fall into if, if that's me. And, um, because I'm just so, I'm, I'm so busy that I, I can't dedicate myself that kind of time unless I have, um, we talked about it in another episode, but unless I have, um, what do you call it? Like, Oh, like accountability. Yeah. That's a word accountability. So like if, if I'm actually in a client, like a class, 
that meets on a specific day every day and I'm paying, you know, a lot of money for it, I feel like that's account that's accountability. I have to do this every Wednesday mm-hmm. at six PM. And uh yep. so but I, I'll do Duolingo on top of it to, you know, to try to learn faster because ultimately I, I have a goal of being quadrilingual, which is mm-hmm. which is uh the the four would be obviously English, uh Spanish, French and Italian. Because the French, the Spanish to Italian is going to be so easy to transition, and then the French I already speak really well, really, really decent French, <laughs> not good enough English, but really decent French. I just need more of just kind of a year refresher. Mm-hmm. So, but um, anyways, uh, back to my main point. Um, that's a, one of the things that I'm just trying to to learn faster. Just the, the longer that it takes me to learn this stuff, the older I'll be when I do. And I would rather just know it now and be able to experience things when I'm older or move on to new things like, you know, getting into Python and JavaScript and Mm -hmm. all that. But, of course, I can't even think about that without being burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that I'm a very big believer. I don't know where I heard it, but I like it a lot. The whole you're free to do anything, anything. I, I believe that, but not everything like you have to pick and choose and you got to choose your sacrifices for the things that are most important for you to accomplish and uh when you when you try to accomplish too much you will get burned out and that's pretty inevitable this was something that uh i experienced more early on when uh i first started working and was so i was working at a digital marketing agency but i was also going home and it was basically uh, probably let's see eight to five then seven to eleven and then weekends too, usually at least one day on the weekends. And that was like four years of my life, maybe five years. Um, and I think I, I learned so much during that time. And I was younger, so it was easier. But I, I had a lot of people tell me too, like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. I wish I could go work in a day job and then go do it afterwards. And I'm like, well, I mean, you wish you you can if you want it that badly, no offense, but there's a lot of other things that really slipped in my life when that was happening. Um, my health being one of them, <laughs> uh, personal relationships, just not keeping up with friends, that sort of thing. Uh, and then ultimately, yeah, getting to a point where I was like, this sucks. This is, and yeah. it's easier. It is genuinely easier when you're younger. Um, and I, I don't know why, I'm sure somebody could explain that scientifically about why your body just handles it better. Uh, because now, I mean, I'm in class with kids who are in their, you know, low 20s and they do pull all nighters still and they don't have trouble with that stuff. Whereas I'm like, no, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> not as much. Um, and, and when I do have to do like three hours of sleep, that sort of thing, it's it hits me harder. Um, yeah, but it really comes down to like the, a lot of the times of how many how much hours in the day you have um and you have to make sacrifices so if you like you were saying you know you did your nine to five and then you did like seven to eleven well you've got two hours to do stuff and usually that two hours consists of like eating actually getting home and then and doing everything and if you want to work out if you want to work out just to like a 30 minute workout workouts are always double the length that you plan so if you're working out for 30 minutes getting ready and then like getting home and showering and even like maybe your warm up, uh, you know, maybe it's forty minutes instead. It, you're looking, you're looking at an hour to an hour and fifteen minimum. If you want to work out for an hour, you're looking at an hour and a half minimum. 
and an hour and a half that if you have a two hour window and you do a workout for an hour and a half that leaves you with a 30 hour window which you can virtually get nothing done that's like a check your email window um mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of those 30 minute windows that we don't consider that are spaced out to where we can't consolidate them into something mm -hmm. to get done. And that's true for me. It's like, if I, if I want to learn Spanish or if I want to start, um, you know, learning programming and getting into, uh, actual coding, I have, and, and I have this schedule that you have, I have to give up working out that I, mm -hmm. I just have to, um, and yeah, that has to be swapped out. I haven't worked out in two months because we've been moving. I mean, it's been longer than two months at this point. It's been three months. Um, we've been moving. We've been remodeling. I've been um, catching up on Evergrow and catching up on my day job. And now I'm going to start speaking or learning Spanish. So then I'm not going to work out on Wednesdays at all. Weekends are working eight to five. And then it's spending time with Lauren. And then Sunday is paintball practice. And then after that, it's spending time with Lauren. And I just... You you have to make sacrifices throughout the year. What's more important to you right now? And eventually, like if you if you try to cram all of that, if you, if you try to take those thirty minute segments and then cram uh, what you need to learn, and so, so if like you had a thirty minute window after you came home and worked out and ate, then you've got this like weird awkward twenty minutes be between your, your next thing, like you know your business. You can cram something like Duolingo in. But that's what's going to burn you out is if you start cramming things into spaces of time that shouldn't fit. Mm -hmm. This is a hot take, too. Uh, and I'm sure it would piss off a lot of people who probably work in mental health. But I, I do believe that burnout is a luxury. <laughs> I think I think depending on your situation, you don't get to feel burnout. And early on, I felt that way very early on. And as I got more financially cush. I realized that I could feel burnout and that there were no real consequences, no major consequences to things starting to slip or starting to not fall apart, but slip. And that's when I did start feeling more burnout. Whereas I was singularly focused for the first several years of working in and trying to get income outside of my day job, that sort of thing. And I, I, I mean, I felt something, but I also didn't have the time. I, I, all I saw was how much debt I was drowning in, how much money I didn't have at the end of the month. And I worked, I kept doing it. And are, you, I, are you saying you can only, are you saying that you can only feel, you should only be allowed to feel burnout if you have drive and motivation to continue pushing through the shit? Not allowed. I think that some people from their perspective and their opinion, uh, don't feel that they have the option to be burnt out. So take uh, take a dad who's got kids and a family, working hard at his job, working a second job. I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a right to feel how he does, but I think in his mind, he's he's just saying, "Well, I don't, I don't have a choice here. Like, I gotta, I have to mm -hmm. do this for my family." That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's a bit exaggerated, but I think that's a real situation that happens. And no, I mean, their feelings, those people's feelings are valid and. But I think that that's the mindset they operate from is I don't I don't get it's it's the same thing. A lot of guys do it in general, which is this isn't the time to feel my feelings. Mm, OK, like, so I will deal with this later. So you're, you're you're kind of equating it to like being able to talk about your feelings is a luxury that some people don't realize they have. Yeah. So like burnout, like being able to express that you're burnt out is a luxury that a lot of 
people don't realize they have. Yeah, because okay. I, I think sometimes you just have to work through it too. I mean, yeah, you're burnt out, but you don't get to like what? What? So what does that mean? You're burnt out, and what? You don't. You still have to make money. Let's say. Let's say the absolute minimum. You're just burnt out at your job. It's not interesting anymore. You're not having fun. Things have changed. Something. Blah blah blah. We still have to go. <laughs> you still have to make money. You still have to do the bare minimum so that you get your paycheck and you can keep living your life. And that's that's very normal. I remember, I mean, I've been doing this for plenty long enough now to know that there were times when I was in a lull with side hustle stuff and I wasn't really feeling work and my day job. But you know, you still in in those last sometimes it's sometimes it's a day, days, weeks, but sometimes it's months. Dude, those and lulls just, are dangerous. Like when you, <laughs> when you are feeling burnt out in your day job and, and your side hustle is cruising, it, like it's on cruise control and you're not like, it's not really growing, but it's like bringing in income and, uh, those, and you're doing the bare minimum to get your paycheck. Like you, you're, you're, you're looking pretty good financially, but that's when you can get in those lulls. I, I refer to, I call them riptides because like, um, you're, you're being mentally pulled away from your security, but you're not actively trying to swim out of the riptide in your in your side hustle so um there i i have this fear of when i get put into that riptide i have to swim in a certain direction whether it's pick up the slack on my day job or um pick up the slack on my um on my um side hustle the difference is the side hustle is going to come with me it's going to come with me if i swim towards the day job if i swim to the side hustle the day job's not going to come with me and uh, you have to make that decision of where you're going to swim because if you just let the riptide take you out uh it could be a situation where your day job suddenly realizes like you're so far behind because you've been doing the bare minimum and it it, it does depend on what you do like if you're a laborer you're probably not going to get behind on anything um but uh or at least not as much but like if you do something like what i do which is more like account management and um uh, consultation you can get very very behind um talking months behind on work and that can start to take notice and um when that happens suddenly you have to swim against that current so much harder to get out of it so that's i i think that 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 lull is a very dangerous place to be and i i get into that probably once every couple of months uh and it's scary Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't know i think I think it's always good to just rebalance and reevaluate where like what you're doing and if it winds up with what you want to be doing. Like some I don't know. It's it's crazy for me to think cuz I never I never let my life get that far away from me. I never <laughs> I never get to the point where I'm like <laughs> oh I'm 40. These kids I didn't want them. I didn't really want this marriage either. Like I you know, you know what I mean? Like some people get they let it go really too far. Mm-hmm. Um but I I do think it's good to regularly check in and, and and make sure that the hours that you're spending in the day are lining up with your long-term priorities and that they're taking you in the direction that you want to be going. And I think too, burnout happens, especially when those aren't lined up, when you're spending a lot of time and hours doing things that aren't taking you in the direction that you want to be going. So, yeah. Yeah. I would, but to be fair, like you also have to have some out- outlets too. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and your outlets probably aren't going to take you in the direction that you want to go in terms of like life or financial That's true. responsibility. So I have fortunately I have my day job and I have my and I have Evergrow and I have this podcast. 
So I've got a few outlets to take a break from. Um, I also have paintball on the weekends. Uh, say, some people would say, well, those are three forms of work. So that doesn't really <laughs> count as outlets. Uh, fortunately <laughs> for me, they do. So um, you can go kiss my ass. Um, in terms of non-work, though, like I have hanging out with Lauren. She's my best friend. We hang out. We do all the things together and it's fun it's you know we're for starters we're not in a relationship to just be in a relationship um we truly are best friends so sorry cody um Hurtful. <laughs> and then and then i also have uh paintball on the weekends on sundays and um my dogs i have home projects that i work on quite a bit video games tv like i have outlets and you should too and if you, the longer you don't engage in those outlets the quicker you're going to burn out like it's almost like they're like pressure seals like mm-hmm. the more you work the more pressure you build up and you have to burp it you have to like release some of that pressure or else it's just going to explode and then you're not going to have a container to work within so like you have japanese and mm-hmm. anime and pickleball now <laughs> and yeah it's been a while because it's cold yeah <laughs> there's got to be indoor pickleball courts I haven't looked too hard because I too have given up working out uh, during this time. But I think it's okay to also accept that burnout's inevitable. Like if you maybe if inevitable if you give a if shit. Yes, yeah, uh, that's it, the way to say it. Is if you don't if you don't give a shit about what you're doing, you don't ever have to experience burnout. Yeah, uh, and that's not burnout. That's just fatigue from. It's just getting apathy. bored. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's different. Um, yeah, if you if you if you really care about one security, so like your day job, and you also care about your future, and um, I shouldn't say that that's derogatory towards people not um, doing this. <laughs> if, if you care about your security, that you also care about excelling in a direction that you want to excel, that's not your day job. Then um, you have to care about both, and um, the more you do, the more inevitable burnout becomes because it doesn't have to be. You can give up one of the other two. Yeah, and I just think it's not. It's not the worst thing that can happen. If, if, oh no, you are burnout from going so hard towards the things that you want to be doing. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. That's, that's the find what you love and let it kill you thing. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Congrats. You, you are doing exactly what you hate and love at the same time. And that's perfect. I think I, I make, I can make a Lauren joke. Find what you love and let it kill you. She's just like, mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or like a praying mantis joke <laughs> my jokes are burnt out your jokes are burnt out yeah well that that does kind of segue me into like a weird um thing not a weird thing it's actually relevant but like not just business you can't just get business burnt out you can get i feel like you can get life burnt out so this goes back to when you're reading the definition at the beginning of the episode of our takeaways and my takeaway was that that definition was directly related to business or work but i also think you can get burnt out in life so that's also if that's also like having too many outlets kind of because I think if you have um, if you have a lot of hobbies and you try to do something with all of those hobbies, that means like you're not just like spinning your wheels in the air like the rubber is meeting the road on those. And if you have too many of them, you're going to burn out. So like um, paintball, that can be a burnout for me because I compete in tournaments. I really want to rank up divisionally and spend time practicing. But I also have to treat it like a hobby too. Like this isn't my life. I can't just like be out there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then just all about it because I have a different life to live. I have a different direction I need to move and I need to treat this more like a hobby. Uh, So the same thing with like relationships. Like if your relationship, for starters, if your relationship feels like work, then you should leave. 
I don't know, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think if you um, if if you're if it's causing you stress um, or like you're you'd rather be doing something else than be in focusing on a relationship. I think um, yeah, I think you don't have your priorities right. Uh, I agree. I this is a hot take, but I'm I'm anti video games in the lot in a lot of the way that people use video games uh because i, I do think they uh, they use them for this exact thing it's it's like video games have a gamified way of excelling in something where you get instant gratification and rewards and you feel like you're making significant progress and people will sink ridiculous amounts of time into them as opposed to making progress in their actual life. Dude, I was and, just watching Moist Critical on um, uh, uh, YouTube, and they were talking about um, video games um, and how, why they're so addicting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I understand now. So um, one of the reasons why video games are so addicting is because of failure. And this is a theory, but it's not winning that makes them addictive it's the um the chance at losing and the the example they gave was like how fun is it to play chess against two-year-olds like it's not because Uh you can just mop the floor with them every day (laughs) and then but if you lose repeatedly and then you win that success is what you strive for so not just winning in general but winning after losing or having the fear of losing and that's why it's mm-hmm. addicting. That's almost kind of like why I spend so much time working too. I'm so because I, I don't know. I come from like a poor a poorer family, and I'm just I'm afraid of losing in life. And I've already I mean when you're I don't know when you're I guess when you're when you grow up poor like you have this like false sense of like what success is, mm-hmm. and success is you know strictly monetary when you're poor. But when you're I think when you grow up wealthy, your idea of success has less to do with money. And more to do with like time or maybe affection or whatever, or, you know, actually goals. But for me, I'll spend hours and hours and hours working because I'm just chasing, chasing the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know, the more I surround myself with people who aren't, uh, emotionally broken, (laughs) (laughs) um, who who come from, wait, from who, Uh, I don't even know how to phrase this correctly. Who come from families where uh, they don't need therapy to fix the things that their parents did to them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who are just like happy. We just have nothing particularly wrong with them. Their life was fine, mostly. Uh, they know how to cope in healthy ways. They uh, didn't have any major setbacks from the beginning that made them uh, need to overcompensate in the way that we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I... I mean, I'm sure that they've felt burnout in some ways and stuff, but it seems ours is a lot of self-imposed, self-inflicted because of how driven we are to accomplish various things. Um, I was, what was I talking to about this? I was, this was about, I was talking to somebody about money recently because I, I was willing to leave my day job to go back to school to keep, to, you know, and, and not even, so it's a joke. And I tell people too, because when I say that, when you say hey, I'm going back to school in my thirties, like, oh, yeah, what, so what are you getting in your master's? I'm like, oh, no, there's no master's. This is just a second bachelor's <laughs> for language learning. Like, 
this will not advance my career. On top of that, I'm self-employed. Nobody cares about the degree. Uh, and for a language, it's especially, um, I don't know about useless, but it's not very, it doesn't have great monetary value because it's either you speak it or you don't and you can use it or you can't. And that's pretty much it. Well, no, yeah, no direct monetary value. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I, early on, when I had so much student loan debt, and I felt like I was drowning because I was, because money was very hard. I thought money was really important to me. And I worked really hard and was willing to burn myself out uh, in pursuit of money. And then once I finally got to a good good spot, or good enough spot, as in the debt's taken care of, I've got enough in the bank that I can take care of any major emergencies for the most part. Um, I realized then like, oh, I don't actually care that much in comparison to some other people without money and that's okay um but it, it took me getting to that point after getting burnt out <laughs> several times and then now burning out in different ways for other things uh that are now my new priorities and things that i want to um accomplish now that aren't necessarily you know financial um or, or primarily financially driven so yeah i think i think there's a kind of person too who uh has a tendency to do this to themselves and everybody's Everybody everywhere is just trying to make up for their inadequacies. But yeah, I know for me, I I do this to myself over and over because I just, there's a lot I want to do. Like, yeah, not enough time. Yeah. And it comes from that place of, I don't know why I don't, I don't, don't feel like enough isn't the way to say it. But um, I, I feel unfulfilled unless I'm going this big. I'm going after this big of stuff. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same way. Like, And I also, I don't know, I just, I want to be more personally than I guess my family ever was combined. Mm-hmm. So it just, I really live life with um, you get you get one mentality. And so just do everything you possibly can. You have enough, you, you have a, you can sleep when you're dead. Mm-hmm. And uh but of course, if you don't sleep, you'll, you'll, you will die sooner. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just, I just do as much as humanly possible. If I have free time and I'm not doing anything, I refuse to, you know, binge watch TV. Uh, like, you know, especially without Lauren or something like we're not watching things together. I am like, okay, well, if I've got time to watch a bunch of this TV or play a bunch of games, I've got time to learn this or do X. And like, make no mistake, though, I am not against video games. I love video games. And actually, I am trying to get to a point where I can start playing them again. But I can't because I have to make sure that I'm successful enough to where the success gives me time back. And until then, it'll never happen. I could I could do I guess like my older roommate did in a previous episode, which was go to his nine to five clock out and then play video games and and do that, you know, and like I could do that. But I but that's not the the quote unquote freedom that I want to have. And this goes back to even like one of our earlier episodes when we were talking about um, the difference between freedoms where owning your own business is only freedom to choose how much you want to work and, you know, essentially where you want to work and how you want to do it. Whereas you have, I think what I, I think I called it like indentured freedom when you work a nine to five, mm-hmm. because you have freedom to do literally what any, what, whatever you want outside of your work hours. But during those work hours, you are confined to where you work, how you work and when you work. And um, on the front end, you have technically more freedom than you would as a business owner in terms of the amount you work. But on the back end, the, 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 
freedom you get from a business owner is supposed to pay for itself later in life, mm. depending on the, how the hard gamble. you work. Yeah. Yeah. But it can also be a disease too, where you start pushing through the burnout and working hard when you're young and then it just never dies. And you just keep pushing through because it's all, you know, you start to become like entrepreneurial institutionalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, and going back to like the lull thing too, um, just to kind of wrap it up, but burnout can also like too much at one time can destroy your business because mm. like you were saying, you're getting kind of a, a lull and if you're cruising and not growing or not handling things as fast as you should be, it can, um, just have a domino effect and just start destroying things one by one. And then all of a sudden, you know, the dominoes are falling faster than you can catch them. So it's really important to have your outlets and then make sure that you are, if you're feeling burnt out, you know, have a vacation, do something, have an outlet, come back to it, but don't feel like your outlet shouldn't be, you know, sitting on the couch, staring at a wall because you're just gonna, that's not really an outlet. That's just staring at the pressure gauge until it cracks. That's true. All right. We good. Yep. We're both yawning right now. Sleepy. I'm going to go have a Red Bull and continue to work. <laughs> it's 2.04 right. p.m. right now. Um, so it's not even late in the day. I've still got like six hours of work left. <laughs> Speaking of burnout. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode on burnout. Uh, we'll see you again for the next one. See you.